is at a tipping point. Corporations, investors, and governments have signaled that they are on board setting ambitious goals. Now comes the intersection of aspiration and market reality. The economics is a classic one of supply and demand. Rapid growth often outstrips supply. This gins up competition and pushes up prices. The resources required to meet deliverables for things like solar panels and materials to produce batteries and more are the challenge. Sources, supply chains, and the ensuing innovation found in American ingenuity will become the larger part of the green story. As with everything, good strategy is key to success. This includes planning, projections, and formulas that build into the needed payoff model. Today's guest has spent a lot of time planning and mapping for this moment in the green cycle, creating models that allow builders to capture the value of sustainability. Michelle Foster is Vice President of Sustainability at Home Innovation Research Labs, based in Washington, D.C. The lab was launched in 1964 as a subsidiary of NEHB, beginning with a small product testing facility. To say that it's grown may be an understatement. The lab runs product testing, third-party certification, all dedicated to home building. Also deriving directly from this decades of research is the National Green Building Standard. Michelle, it's great to have you on the show. Oh, thank you so much to be here. It's my favorite topic to talk about. So I'm very excited that we have the opportunity to do so today. Michelle, in the last year, Green RESG has really fired up. BlackRock, the largest, most visible capital investor, placing it in the news almost daily. You've been a proponent for a while. Why now? You know, I think it's just the culmination of the last decade and a half of experiences that we've been through. I think we've seen um, climate change and the impacts of climate change on where we live and where we work. I think that we have seen the escalation of different natural disasters all over the United States and in the world, in fact, that have impacted the housing and where we work. I think it's been a time of reflection because of that to think about what is the impact that we have on the environment and what's our legacy going to be? I think it was hard to really come to this recollection and to this understanding that we need to do better and we can do better. It's within our reach. It's not so aspirational that we can't achieve it or it's unaffordable. And in fact, there is this really great connection between environmental goals and social goals. And we've seen that in the past year, this looking at society to see how we can improve equality across all different um, nationalities or individual races and ethnicities um, and how we can just do better. And so I think it was finally time when we said, okay, there's a better way to do this and we need to put our money where our mouth is. And so we're seeing a lot of institutional investors, really not just this year, but culminating, I think, in some of the public announcements in the, over the past year to say, let's really put our money in places that can do good. We can make money by doing better. And so why not do that? Why, why invest blindly? Let's advise, invest more wisely. There are many green building standards out there. LEED may be the best known. How does the National Green Building Standard fit into this mix and why is it better? So that's a great question. And I think there are a couple of ways where the National Green Building Standard really sets itself apart from the other green building programs that are out there. First and foremost, it's an ANSI standard. So that means that it was approved as an American national standard. And 
everybody might ask, you know, why is that important? Well, what's important about that is the process that it followed. There are a couple of hallmarks of being an ANSI standard. One is an open process so that anybody in the public can participate. There can be no restrictions that you have to be a member of an organization or have some kind of special status. Anyone can participate in what the standard should look like. There have to be lots of opportunities for public comment and enough time for people to be able to review it and to be able to comment on it. Really what it does is it follows our legislative process in a democracy the way we set laws. And what's nice about that is that then as organizations, financial institutions, maybe even government governments recognize the National Green Building Standard, we know that it had that open process that everybody could participate in, um, in its development. So that's first and foremost, the most important thing. The second thing is that one of the development partners was the International Code Council. They are the standard setting body for our building codes nationwide. And so the National Green Building Standard is one of the I codes as designated by ICC 700. So it is written in code language. One of the real barriers to builders using green building programs was that they were hard to understand. It was not easy to understand how a building would be compliant. So by being part of one of the I codes and being written in code language, not because it was designed to be adopted as code, it was always intended to be a voluntary above code program. It was far more accessible really to anybody on the job site. So a builder, a developer, the insulation contractor, the HVAC installer, they could all pick up the National Green Building Standard and understand what did the particular practice mean, what it was its intent, and how to be compliant with that. And so it really made it much more accessible to anybody in the industry. The other thing that really sets it apart is unlike all of the other programs, the National Green Building Standard was specifically designed for buildings that we live in, for residentially used buildings. So single-family homes, townhomes, multifamily buildings, student housing, senior housing. And these types of buildings, they're different from offices or institutional buildings or um, medical facilities. There are things that set it apart. There are things that are different the way they're financed and because we live in them. And so for the first time you had a National Green Building Standard um, that was developed for residentially used buildings and only those buildings. So it was really tailored for the places that we live in. And then last, um, and I probably most important, what I would say is that the National Green Building Standard Certification Program, which is known as NGBS Green, is administered by probably the most experienced third-party certification agency, which is Home Innovation Research Labs. We've been doing this for 58 years. Um, it is kind of our core competency to be an independent third party and certify um, a product or a building's conformance with the standard. And so there's no one else who really has that expertise to kind of deliver that third-party validation that a building is actually in compliance with the code. That, that makes perfect sense for builders by builders in our language. Um, but right, why for builders by builders, and that, but, but what was equally important was there were code officials that were part of that development process, right? So they were, you know, steeped in building science and safety issues, and they were part of the development process. There were government officials from the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, the Department of Energy, Housing and Urban Development. Um, there were some state agencies involved. So their interests in having housing be better places to live were represented on those committees. There were manufacturers who were part of that process, which was equally important because they were the companies that are 
bringing us better products to build these buildings, better systems, or seeing what the issues might be around building higher performing buildings so that they could continue to develop products that would help those buildings be better. So it was really this great amalgamation of people who were steeped in the residential construction industry, but together would work on what was the definition of a high performance home? Let's put out a national definition um, and then have four different levels that can be achievable. Bronze kind of being the basic level, silver, gold, and emerald being the higher level so that people could really, you know, use anywhere along, you know, work anywhere along that spectrum and building high performance buildings. So it's more of an organic construct, but why specifically would you suggest NGBS over LEED? So I think there are three things that make NGBS better as a program for builders to use. It is more cost effective. Um, it has great credibility as an ANSI standard and being part of the I codes, um, and it's more rigorous. And so I will say right away that one of the things that I often hear people say, well, you can't be all of those things. You can't possibly be more flexible and cost-effective and more rigorous at the same time. And the NGBS, um, the consensus committee really achieved that as a goal. And the way that they did it was that the NGBS does not have very many mandatory provisions. They do. There is some mandatory provisions in the National Green Building Standard. They have to be done. There are no exemptions in order for a building to attain certification. But instead, it is a very expansive point-based system. And remember, you know, the National Green Building Center is going to apply to everything from a single-family home to an 80-story luxury multifamily building in the city to student housing, maybe on a campus or assisted living. And so the point-based system really allowed builders and developers, architects, to really pick those green building practices that made the most sense for that product. Is this an affordable building? Is it market rate? Is this in a dry, hot climate or a wet, cold climate? Because those are different considerations of what should be put in the building. So having that flexibility and choice really made it something that could be more practical and more pragmatic to builders and developers, a little bit more affordable. At the same time, it's the most rigorous program. And the reason it's the most rigorous program is that there are six different categories of green building um, practices. And that's the same for all the programs. So whether you're talking about LEED or any of the other regional programs, you know, we're talking about energy efficiency, water efficiency, resource efficiency. But what's different about the National Green Building Standard is that there are minimum point requirements. You have to do a certain number of things in each one of those categories to earn certification. So the building at the end becomes very comprehensively green. You can't just get all of your points, for example, in energy efficiency and be an energy efficient building. You also have to make sure that you have a relatively equal number of practices to be, have really good indoor air quality and to be resource efficiency, to make sure that you've considered the lot selection and the lot development. And so it makes it very comprehensively green. And so I think those are some of the things that really set apart the NGBS from the other programs that builders can choose from and which ones they use. The last thing that I'll mention that makes it really different is the NGBS is not just a design-based standard. So one of the things that LEED is known for, it is very design-oriented. The practices that, and the way it gets incorporated into the building is very much something that architects use um, to design their building to be higher performing. And the National Green Building Standard does have components of that that are design-based, but it also has things that are construction-based. So we wanna make sure, for example, what the architect designed is actually what got built. The number one thing we hear from our verifiers is that insulation doesn't get installed correctly. It's not any nefarious reason 
or intentional. You know, people are rushed. They're trying to get the job finished. But on an NGBS green certified building, the verifier will have been there. They will have inspected every single apartment and every single area of the unit, make sure the insulation is installed correctly before the drywall goes up. And that becomes a difference in quality in the end of the building. Is there any plan, Michelle, to cooperate with U.S. Green Building Council in order to create a single national green residential building standard and certification process? No, and honestly, I think that's better for the industry. I think competition is good um, because competition makes us try harder and be better. Quite frankly, I think a lot of NGBS Green's success is that we did start after we. Um, they had much better brand recognition than we did when we started. Um, and many people, quite honestly, they didn't believe that we would be successful because they had had a head start and they had such great brand recognition. And so really what that made us do is sort of figure out, all right, well, wait a minute, but why aren't more residential buildings earning a green certification? Um, and we started interviewing people in the industry. Um, and what we try to do is tackle each one of those barriers and say, you know what, we can do better. We can deliver a program that's better for the builder, better for the resident, costs less money, and provides more value. So in the end, I think that builders having a choice in programs is really better for everybody. Absolutely. Also to create value is the point. Exactly. How does Home Innovation Research Lab's certification of building products line up with DOE's Energy Star program? And what sort of products are covered and what product features do the two programs certify? So the Energy Star certification program for products is really very much geared around energy efficiency, as the name suggests. So they're really looking to see relative energy use of a particular product and how that compares to other products in its product category. The National Green Building Standard Certification, NGBS Green Certification for Products, is a little bit different. What we are doing is we are pre-approving products that would earn builders and developers points towards the building certification if they use that product. And again, it was really an attempt to reduce the barriers that were there for using the Green Building Certification Program. So our product certification is very specific to the practices in the National Green Building Standard, and a product would earn certification for a specific practice. So I'll give you a good example. Um, there are a number of different practices in the National Green Building Standard where Builders can get points for using products that have low VOCs. They don't create pollution inside of the dwelling unit. So it might be flooring choices. It could be furniture. It could be adhesives or sealants or paint. Um, and the NGBS sets specific VOC levels. And if that product is below that level, that would earn a builder points towards certification of the building if they use that product. Well, it's difficult sometimes for builders to figure out, like, you know, which paint do I use? or which flooring choice is better based on the VOC. So what we would do is we would work with the manufacturers. They would have to present to us their independent third-party data. So not research that they've done, but they'd have to demonstrate that they went to an independent laboratory to prove that. And then we could certify that product for meeting that practice and earning the builder points. This way that if an architect or a builder or developer would like to claim points for a specific practice and they're not sure what products to use, they would go to our website and they could look at the list of products and they could see, well, if I use brand A or B, I would be able to earn points and not have to show any other documentation. They could always choose to use another brand, 
The difference would be is they would just have to collect that documentation to demonstrate that that product met that particular mm -hmm. practice. So again, it was really designed to remove those barriers to builders or developers using a green certification program. And builders and developers like that single point ease. <laughs> they do. And, and they like having less paperwork. Like, you know, who right. likes paperwork? It right. was one of the things that we heard when we interviewed people in the industry. You know, again, the same question. Why aren't you getting your buildings green certified? And we heard a number of different things. And too much paperwork was something that we heard frequently. Right. Paperwork isn't inherently bad, but it's good only if it provides value. Right. So we'd rather have time and money be spent in choosing better equipment or building the building better than collecting a lot of paperwork that doesn't provide a lot of value. I personally believe paperwork is evil. <laughs> <laughs> the 2020 edition of the National Green Building Standard was recent, recently released. What are the major changes from the previous version of the standard? So the 2020 NGBS is our fourth version and by far probably had the most changes from previous versions. There were a couple of really big changes. First and foremost, um, it allowed us to certify mixed use buildings that had a small amount of retail or commercial. So as you know, many multifamily buildings that are being built today often have one or two floors of retail or commercial on the ground floor and then apartments above. With the older versions of the National Building Standard, we could only certify the residential portions of those buildings. And sometimes the building owners wanted to have a whole building certification. So for the first time now, as long as the non-residential portion is 49% or less of the building, we can certify the whole building. The second thing it did was recognize that the places that we live in can vary a little bit. So for example, we had a lot of requests to certify assisted living facilities. And often those residents don't have access to cooking for safety reasons. Um, under the previous versions of the National Green Building Standard, one would have to have access to cooking facilities. So that was a small change that allowed us to do more student housing, extended stay hotels, um, seniors housing with assisted living units. Um, another big change was there has always been both a performance and a prescriptive path to compliance for energy efficiency, but not for water. And so for the first time, the 2020 NGBS has a performance path for water efficiency where it allows the architect working with the verifier to model what the expected water use would be of the building and compare that to a kind of reference building. And this way it allows them to have a little bit more flexibility and be able to get to higher levels of water efficiency. And then the last big change was that um, it provided a new certification path for single family homes and townhouses and duplexes that was a little bit more streamlined. Um, it, the, most of the National Green Building Standard is a point-based standard, so you have to earn a certain number of points in order to get certified. This new chapter for single-family homes and townhomes is a binary system. So as long as you do all of the practices in that chapter, you can earn certification for that house, and it makes it a little bit more streamlined for either the newer builder who has never used a program before, or the builder who's building the really high volume builder who may be building hundreds and hundreds of houses have dozens of models. And then by the time you add in all the different things that the home buyers can change, different features really would have had thousands and thousands of scoring um, spreadsheets to have to look at. This provides a much more streamlined approach for them to earn certification so they can earn certification at the certified level. So those are the big changes, some big changes from the versions before. So Michelle, is the cross-correlation to apartments pretty seamless, or um, is that, is that as, different? Is that process as, different? 
Um, it's very similar. Um, so there are some similarities and some differences. Um, homes have to be um, verified and inspected at least twice by an independent third-party verifier. Multifamily buildings that have apartments also have to be inspected at least twice. However, they often get inspected more than twice because if it's a larger multifamily building, they're probably putting drywall up in stages. And so the verifier has to make sure that they're in every single unit once the dry once the walls are complete, but before the drywall goes up, so that they can verify that that unit is compliant at that that particular stage, and they'll have to go back when the building is completed. Um, we do certify buildings, not units. So if a building is going to earn certification, it means every single unit um, will had to be compliant within that multifamily building. Um, we're not certifying the individual apartment. And that's because we're also looking at the common areas. So there are a little bit of differences. You know, we have to make sure that the common areas are roughly as green and have as many green practices as the units. It might be slightly different practices that are in the units, but they have to ultimately be roughly the same level of performance as would be in the apartments. Um, the other thing I would say is that, you know, we really learned a lot by asking builders and developers why they weren't using green programs. It was a really valuable experience to go to the client and say, why aren't the programs that are out there working for you? And, and we heard an earful. Um, the programs were too expensive. They were too difficult. You needed a consultant too much paperwork. Um, they required, the programs required things that the consumers didn't value. Um, they were too prescriptive. Uh, but the most important thing was they had to wait too long for the certificate. And so as we really honed our program to make it provide more value, that was something that we definitely realized, like, we can do better, right? We need to move at the speed of business to be selected if there's going to be choices in rebuilding programs. So we instituted right away a one business day turnaround. So if you're a builder, a developer, an architect, and you have a question, you need technical assistance or an interpretation, and you call us, um, we'll, get you, we'll get back to you within a business day. Um, most of our clients have my cell phone number, my staff's cell phone number. They have our emails. And although the program has grown so much, we've really managed to try to maintain that connection with them um, and to really help. We're, not, you know, we're trying to help move the whole industry up. And that's generated a lot of loyalty. Our clients that come and they try our program, they, stand, they tend to stay with the program. And so that's something that I've been really proud of. Um, and like I said, I mean, I think if we can really work to help push the whole industry up, not recognize the top 25%, you're always going to have the super achieving buildings that have all the money in the world and they can do whatever they want. We want to make everybody a little bit better. And I think that's a great thing to be able to work on. And doing that through customer first. What a novel idea. Right. It, you know, it's helped other industries and it certainly helped us in this. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I'm going to wrap this up. What a great interview. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Brilliance pulses through our history and fuels the greatest thought today. Michelle, it's great to see that the spirit of innovation is alive and well and that you are leading the charge. Home Innovation Research Labs, another great institution that reminds us of the ingenuity and inventiveness and strong work ethic ingrained in America. That's energy and genius that is relentless and contagious. Thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoyed our show. See you on our next exciting episode of NAHB Power Hitters.